0: This is 365 Tech. Today we are joined with Skylar, a computer science and engineering student from the Ohio State University. Also one of my peers from high school, Skylar, is going to be coming onto the show today to talk about how artificial intelligence can help us to explore the galaxy. Really cool topic, really cool conversation with Skylar. And without any further ado, here's Skylar. Hey Skylar. Hello. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Pat? I'm doing well. I wanted to start off, if you're okay, with talking about your Amazon assignment for the summer. Sure. So um, I'm going to be working on the IoT teams, working with anything in the Internet of Things, working with Amazon Greengrass and other AWS services. But Skylar, your team assignment sounds really cool as well.
1: Um, well, I don't know a whole lot about what specifically my team is doing. Um, my, my, my placement email didn't have a description, which is unfortunate. Some people got descriptions of theirs. So my team is just called prime video EU. So I'm assuming it's something to do with prime video and I'm assuming EU is Europe.
0: Are you going do you have any idea if you're going to be based in Europe or it's still Seattle?
1: It's, I'm still in Seattle. But I'm assuming Prime Video is also available in Europe. So it was uh, it was my top choice. With uh, I chose entertainment services to, as my top choice when I was filling out my survey. So I had uh, either Prime Video or uh, Amazon Music in mind when I picked that first. Because I thought a lot of people would try to go for um, Alexa or AWS. And mm-hmm. I always thought streaming video was pretty cool. So somehow I got my first choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's great because Amazon has just recently come out as one of the big media producers in these past couple years. Now they've been making their own show series. And for all of us students who get pretty much free Amazon Prime, we're automatically included with getting all that video and all that music. And I think it's really cool that you're focused. uh, Your team is with the EU. I've never gotten to work with any global companies or any teams that are based out of regions outside of the United States. So I feel like you're going to get a really good perspective of of the world media, rather than just what we've been raised in of American media.
1: Yeah, I interned at Smokers last summer, and Smokers really only does the United States, which is interesting. So I've never really had to do any sort of like programming or anything that has to account for people across on another continent. So I'm hoping I'm get some unique challenges from. EU, of course, EU could stand for something completely different, and we could be pretty far off. But
0: (laughs) was trying to come up with something really quick that EU could stand for, but nothing good was coming to mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping it's European Union, but you never know.
0: Yeah, so I was originally going to have you on to talk about the inevitable, which was what I talked with Michael about yesterday. But you messaged me a little bit more and came up with an even cooler idea. So I. I definitely have less knowledge about how AI can help us explore the galaxy, but I'm would i I'm really interested to talk about it. And I was doing a little bit of research before this, and I found a TechCrunch article about uh, satellites pulling in, in processing data, and then also, which I feel like you're going to be talking about, how we can send out drones and have AI control those drones.
1: Yeah. Um, you were talking about how... AI can eventually do tasks that humans can't. So we were talking about, well, um, maybe the AI will replace my job. And it was the stages of coming to terms with that. And then you find a better job and then the AI replaces you again. Yeah. Um, I think it was in your second or third podcast. They kind of ran together because I uh, marathoned them through while I was playing RuneScape, but... (laughs) uh judge me but uh so it was talking about how there's there's tasks that ai can do that humans can't and one of those is exploring space so i don't know i don't know if you knew this but space is pretty big
0: yeah massive
1: so you even even at the speed of light, it takes us about 12 minutes to send a signal to Mars. And Mars is our nearest planet. So it takes about four years, two and a half to four years, depending on orientation, to send something that's not like a signal to Mars. So like a probe or a person. Mm-hmm. And that's just our nearest planet to us. I mean, sometimes Venus is closer, but... Mars is much more interesting. So that that's a big problem we have is how, how do we send stuff out and get stuff back? And so when you think about, okay, well now, what about stuff outside of our solar system? Because we've almost eliminated the consideration that there's life in our solar system. There's a few places we can still look, but we've almost eliminated that possibility. So the next place to look is outside of our solar system and the next nearest star is like four light years away, 4.1 or something like that. Oh God. So even at the speed of light, it would take you four years and we're not going go to go the speed of light. So it's going to take about a hundred years to get there. Um, and I, I don't know what the average human lifespan is, but it's not a hundred years.
0: <laughs> Definitely not.
1: So even if we send, like, a fetus out there and, like, he grows up, he'll be, like, a 100 by the time he gets there. So,
0: oh, did we drop? As you send a fetus, even if you send a fetus up there, it's going to take well over 100 years to reach the next closest star. Yeah. So
1: what what do we do about that? We have to send something robotic out there. And so, a solution that a physicist named John von Neumann, I think it's his name, it's called a von Neumann probe. Basically, what it does is it goes and travels to a new system, collects raw resources from that system. So, maybe the probe is made out of uh, some plutonium for some fuel and maybe some like iron, which is not like... Completely unrealistic to expect to find those things in another system. So it builds another one another probe, and that probe goes and visits another system. Ooh. And so these probes, they show up to the system, they use intelligence to find resources to build more of them. And then they slowly spread out. Ooh. And you can cover the entire galaxy, and like if we travel at like maybe point one of the speed of light uh you can travel the entire galaxy in like half a million years between there and a million
0: wow and that drastically reduces the process i really like that concept of a robot goes out and it's not just that single robot but he's going to go and create more of himself and then you're searching like the amount that you have to search gets cut in half and it gets cut in half each time he builds a new one that's cool So there's some consideration that our first contact with uh,
1: advanced civilization, just because space is so big, is that it's going to be a probe. Like, maybe they had this idea, too, and they realized, well, we can't send our own people out there. Let's send probes out. And since there's so many stars to search, like, you got to come up with a way to search them all. Uh, so so there's, draw, there's drawbacks to this, but uh, it's, a de- it's a decent idea to maybe find other forms of life.
0: That sounds really cool. Yeah. When I, so some of the points I was exploring earlier, we're talking about having bots go out and explore space like you're saying. I didn't get so deep as to see those, you, you said Von Neumann, those Von yeah. Neumann bots that, that can replicate and continue to reproduce and expand. But one of the issues they were talking about is our ability to communicate when, when we're talking about multiple light years, and I don't know how many light years the the universe expands, you probably know more about that than me, but how far do you think it'll reach before we lose any form of contact? Or is there always going to be a way for us to be able to send the data from that bot back to us here on earth to process?
1: Well, the, the Milky Way is, I want to say it's 100. Let me look it up. I think it's 100,000 light years across. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so it's 100,000 light years across. And we're sitting on basically the edge of it. We're on one of the spiral arms. So if we had a probe that was on the complete other side of the galaxy, we'd have to catch its signal 100,000 years later. Wow. And then to send something back to it it would take 100,000 years. So it's 200,000 years to send something and get something back. So that's a bit that's a big problem that this whole system pre- presents itself is it t- it takes 12 minutes to send something to Mars. Well, now we're sending stuff to other stars. So the problem is once once one of our probes finds something It'll it'll send us a signal back. Well, then what? You know, it's so it's so far away, and you know maybe we only launched one we want launched one of these things and then forgot about it, or we got hit by an asteroid or a comet and we're gone. You know,
0: <laughs> and the bot's left to explore on its own.
1: Yeah, and then the bot gets lonely because there's nobody to talk to. Oh, a lonely bot. <laughs> and then there's the, uh, there's other problems such as what if it malfunctions you know
0: yeah cuz we're we're going to be sending this out into nowhere we don't know what half of the environments that it's going to be interacting on like even if it's not a malfunction but it just encounters an entirely new type of landscape that it's not it doesn't know how to deal with that 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 could be another challenge too now these are these limitations of the the communication these are limitations of physics, right? These aren't technological limitations, but these are these are like boundaries we're hitting with the laws of physics.
1: The speed limit of the universe is the speed of light. You can't go faster. Doesn't matter what kind of technology you have. As far as we know, that you can't go faster than light. So that's as fast as we can communicate.
0: Damn. We're really... It, it feels weird to be pressing up against real limitations that humanity won't be able to break, like communicating across galaxies. Well, it just brings
1: brings in uh, the consideration that maybe we'll never find life. It's just so vast that it's impossible to communicate over those distances. So why bother?
0: Uh. That's frustrating, and it sounds kind of depressing to me to think about something like that. I, like My optimism wants me to think, no, no, we can figure out a way we can do this, but like, even with these Von Neumann bots, to take, if they're on the other side of them, just the Milky Way, which is not even close to the expanse of the entire universe, to take 100 years for those signals to come back to us. and well, then it could take 100,000
1: 100, years. 100,000? 100, oh, my goodness. If it's on the other side of the galaxy. Ugh. A hundred year, Well, a hundred years is just a hundred light years away. We could feasibly search the nearest systems and only have a delay of dozens of years. But once you start getting much farther, it's virtually impossible.
0: All right. So that sounds like a really long-term goal then to be able to find life using any, any sort of AI exploration. Do you think that there are any sort of Closer near-term benefits that we're going to be able to find by utilizing AI in our research of space
1: um, Well, there's already uh, computer programs that analyze stars for us So do you, do you know how they find star or planets around other stars?
0: No, no, I'd love to hear about that
1: so you can look at the uh, So there, there's two terms there's luminosity and there's brightness luminosity is an intrinsic value that a star or any source of light has. That's basically when you shine a flashlight at me, it's going to be the same brightness. But if I shine the flashlight right in your face versus across a football field, it's going to appear dimmer. Hmm. So we can measure brightness from a star, but we can't necessarily measure luminosity. It's a little trickier, but we can measure brightness over time and when a planet conveniently passes in front of its host star that brightness will dip just like a fraction of a fraction of a percent and so we can detect those little dips in brightness and find stars that way or find planets that way
0: so that will help us with mapping uh mapping the universe right
1: uh mapping the nearby galaxy maybe
0: <laughs> nearby galaxies keeping keeping everything local
1: yeah Um, So the AI can analyze those uh, blips and uh, brightness much faster than a human ever could. Hmm. And potentially, um, once it finds one, maybe it could search back. And uh, so then you find your blip, right? So then the next step is to find all the other times you've recorded that blip. And so then you can kind of figure out, all right, well, how long does it take that planet to go around its star, you know? And so we can search back and we have records of brightness of stars over time. And this AI could quickly search those records and we could figure out more about this planet by just looking at those dips in light. And so an AI can do that much faster than a human ever could.
0: Uh, so with with stuff like this, where AI is examining large amounts, like I'm sure these satellites are taking in hundreds, if not thousands of images every single night.
1: Yeah, are it's these, pretty nuts.
0: Are these explicitly AI identifying these? Or is this a combination between humans and AI, both looking at all of these data sets of images to try to extract some value?
1: Uh, I mean, back in the 90s, it was humans doing it. There wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of sophistication, but now the modern astronomer is spending his days programming, and they're trying to automate these tasks.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Last thing I got for you: what do you think is going to be the next real advance that we have in either space travel or space exploration as a human species?
1: Um. I think, I think the, ne- the next step for us is to land on the moon again, honestly. We haven't, we haven't put a person on the moon since the 70s. And I think finding a better way to do that um, in a more modern time to put somebody on the moon, have them stick around for a couple of hours and then pick them back up and take them back would be a huge... Uh, a huge leap forward in terms of technology. I mean, with the moon, the moon's pretty close. So we could use this to monitor an intelligence that could take care of the astronauts. Um, See how it handles just going back to the moon, you know, and then maybe we could let this intelligence handle some astronauts going to Mars. Because with that 12-minute delay, it's not easy to redirects commands from earth to Mars. So it almost, it's almost imperative to have a computer handling that and handling things and just make the people, the uh, passengers, you just get on your uh, ship, you go to Mars, you hang out for a couple hours and then you come back, but there's no pilot, like there's no piloting. There's no real controls. It's just all handled by maybe an AI. And that way, it can handle issues that come up that would be difficult for the astronauts to solve themselves, and they would need help from Earth. That that way, they could solve the problems that come up, solve the problems that come up much faster without having to communicate back and forth with Earth. And maybe the communication would be Earth was, "Hey, we had a problem, but the computer fixed it." So mm-hmm. I think sending people to the moon. And then sending people to asteroids and Mars would be a giant leap forward and a lot of technologies, but especially, uh, flight, uh, flight control computers and computers that run spaceships. Cause I mean, we have a lot of sophisticated stuff, but there's nothing that's like completely controlled by a computer. And I think once we start talking about the scale of going to Mars, I think computers are going to become increasingly important.
0: Skyler, thank you for bringing your expertise and your experience onto the show. It is a pleasure having you and I hope you have a great day.
1: All right. Well, thanks for having me, Pat. Hope you have a good one too.